Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of July 19th, 2022, and episode 522. Should update the date there in my notes, uh, July 19th. This is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at paranormalking.com. And uh, I was excited to see, uh, not that I spend too much time on Facebook. I try not to personally, but uh, I was excited to see that uh, I had a memory on there from four years ago uh, for uh, July 17th of 2018, which was my inaugural show here on the Paranormal King Radio Network. So four years on the network. Uh, I can't believe how much time has gone by. It's uh, it's been a fun ride so far, and I've enjoyed my time here on the Paranormal King Radio Network. Four years. I think that means I'm officially here, part of the family. I feel like it. So I'm um, really excited to continue to bring you the news. Um, gosh, I know uh, you know a lot of people want me to do the, the whole guest thing. And I, honestly, I've had uh, the Ghost Brothers like emailing me. Well, not them, but their uh, agencies or emailing me like every other day trying to get them on the show. I don't think they No, I don't do ghosts uh, or guests, I should say, on the show. But anyway, that'd be a fun show. Um, four years. And, of course, we are halfway, more than halfway through 2022. And it's uh, it's a part of the year where the, the weather has gone absolutely crazy. Uh, unfortunately, we have... Uh, fires out in Europe. There's a lot of fires here in the United States. We just don't talk about them too much because it's not in California right now, but uh, record heat all over the world. It's hot where I'm sitting. Well, not really. I got the air AC on, uh, but very hot outside. It's going to be worse tomorrow. Um, I don't mind the heat. It doesn't bother me. It's uh, the snow that I can't stand. Uh, but yeah, you, it's hard to cool down. I guess, but uh, just keep an eye on your neighbors, especially uh, older neighbors that you have in your neighborhood. We got to look out for each other. It's really what it comes down to. But who knows? The uh, you know the Earth doesn't stay still. Everyone thinks that everything should be the same year to year. Of course, things are changing. We can't help it. You know, maybe we didn't do some stuff right in the past, but it doesn't matter. Climate change is climate change. The earth changes no matter what we do or don't do. We're just here along for the ride. And uh, I'll tell you, nothing puts things in perspective than staring through a telescope and looking out at the planets beyond. Uh, been doing that uh, a few times this week. Have the ability to go out when it's not pouring rain or cloudy here in northeast Ohio, which eliminates uh, 300 days of the year right there. Uh, so the other 65 I got to use uh, to the best of my ability. So checking out Saturn and its rings as well as uh, 
Jupiter, and it's uh, four moons, which is really cool to see. Uh, I got to see Mars last night for the first time this year. Uh, but I'll tell you, man, it makes you feel small when you're looking through, looking at these other planets circling around. And, of course, the James Webb Space Telescope has got everybody all excited about life beyond or the world beyond, um, I guess, before us, too, looking back in time. And speaking of looking back in time, I was going to save this for the end of the show. I think I'm going to do it now. Why not? Just not to get it out of the way, but because I've been putting off talking about uh, this story, which came out quite a while ago, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, we used to do a segment here called the book of the week. It's more like book of the month or bi-weekly or bi-monthly book on the show, uh, I guess. But um, a lot of the reading I've done hasn't been paranormal stuff. It's been other stuff related to the paranormal. But um, I do want to talk about this book, and it uh, corresponds perfectly with an event happening uh, this weekend. And uh, this particular author, I've not only read pretty much everything he's written, uh, but spent a lot of time with this guy. And he is... I think I've got at least two of his other books in my book of the list. I, I, I'd have to look at the list, the book of the week listings. But uh, spent a lot of time hanging out with this guy, learning from him, listening to him um, just interview people with the coolest method. I've actually kind of stolen some stuff from this guy. Uh, the way he talks, just talking to people and having a conversation and getting so much information out of people. It's incredible. Just the way he uh, is able to interview somebody very nonchalantly, um, poking and prodding and asking the correct questions without seeming like he's doing it. And um, he's a major influence on, uh, say, Western Pennsylvania is probably one of the biggest areas of uh, really heavy researchers uh, Ohio has some, but we're just kind of all spread out all over the state. But uh, Western Pennsylvania is chock full of uh, very, very good researchers. And it's also a hotbed of activity centered around an area uh, called Chestnut Ridge, which cuts its way through uh, Western Pennsylvania from uh, southwest to northeast of that uh, slice of Pennsylvania. And one of the I don't know what you call him, but he's he's a legend out there in Pennsylvania. Stan Gordon uh, earlier this year had a, a new book come out, which I was unaware of for a while and still haven't got my hands on it. But I can tell you, I don't even have to read it. I can tell you this is the kind of book you want. If you're into anything, I don't care what you're into, ghosts, uh, Bigfoot, uh, anything else, anything strange, This this book – I don't care if you live in Florida. I don't care if you live in Washington, Australia, uh, Switzerland. This is uh, – all his books are really interesting. Probably one of my favorites is uh, Silent Invasion, which is the UFO Bigfoot connection book uh, for the 1970s, which he investigated. And Stan Gordon has been around since 1965 with the uh, Kecksburg UFO incident. Uh, he was a little kid running around with his notebook, probably interviewing everybody about that. 
sure. He's had a 1-800 number uh, for crazy stuff happening in Western PA for decades. And he's the premier researcher in that area. And he's kind of molded and shaped a lot of people. And uh, including myself, you know, I spent a lot of time out there. I was fortunate to uh, speak at a number of events with Stan over the years. He's kind of helped me out a little bit. Do appreciate that. Uh, but his latest book, his latest effort, Creepy Cryptids and Strange UFO Encounters of Pennsylvania, which uh, covers Bigfoot, Thunderbirds, Mysteries of the Chestnut Ridge, and more. It's called Casebook 4. And you can find that on Amazon.com. Uh, it's just the latest in a series of books. This is kind of more up-to-date stuff that he's done. And I'll tell you, some of the stuff this guy gets to hear is just absolutely incredible. Uh, just sitting there listening to him, people coming up to him. Everybody knows who he is in Pennsylvania. Uh, I swear one evening he had more case reports come to his table than I probably heard in like three months. Uh, through emails and uh, face-to-face encounters as well as through social media directly to me. It's just incredible how much information this guy gets to see. So book of the week, Creepy Cryptids and Strange UFO Encounters of Pennsylvania, Bigfoot, Thunderbirds, Mysteries of the Chestnut Ridge, and more, Casebook 4. That's a mouthful. By Stan Gordon, uh, available on Amazon. And uh, I do recommend you can get out and and hang out with Stan, uh, especially this coming weekend uh, at the... uh, Oh, man, the big event, Kecksburg UFO Festival. Like I mentioned, he was there during that event. Uh, the strange object that fell from the sky and landed near Chestnut Ridge. Now, you're not exactly close with this event, but you're somewhat close. It's kind of like down the road, a piece, I guess that's what they say out there, uh, from where this event happened. But uh, you're down in an area, it's kind of, you feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere. And it's in, uh, let's see, it's south east of Pittsburgh. Well, kind of more east and south of Pittsburgh. So it's uh, eh, Maryland. I don't know how close it is to Maryland, but uh, probably a couple hours away from Maryland. I don't know. I can look it up. But uh, it is, oh my gosh, the Kecksburg UFO Festival. I think it's been... I think it's been off for the last uh, three years. I know they canceled it. I believe they canceled it last year. But they still held the. Uh, uh, it's kind of a combination. So they have like their. Local festival. Uh, along with the UFO festival all together. And it's. Uh, it's quite the event. Let me tell you, it is. um it's everything you could ever imagine all together at the same time. Uh, it's not that far from Maryland. I guess it's uh, two and a half hours from Maryland. It's not too far. Um, but this event is, I don't even know what to say. This year they're adding a cornhole tournament. I don't, I don't know how much more you can add to this thing. So my favorite thing uh, about the Kecksburg UFO Festival is the burnout contest. You don't get to see too many burnout contests 
Uh, they'll take a truck or a car. I've, I've seen motorcycles, and they'll um, they'll strap it to this large concrete. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, just a concrete pad. It's a uh, giant block of concrete chains, and the cars will just spin their tires till the end of time, where they blow out or uh, you can't see your hand in front of your face. So much smoke. I love the smell of smoke. It's probably not good for you. Uh, burnout contest is awesome. They always have a, a bed race, which they'll have that. Yes, a bed race. Uh, that's on Friday night as well. Um, lots of uh, family fun. They've got the whole, uh, all the uh, fair food. they got fair rides. Uh, the UFO ride uh, flying through the sky. But uh, don't eat the fair food. Just smell it. Maybe maybe eat some of it. But you got to head over uh, to where the volunteer fire department, is, they're making their, their burgers. Oh, my gosh. They have the best hamburgers you'll ever eat. Good fries as well. I miss that food. I miss that food. Uh, it's a fantastic event. Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Saturday is when they have a parade. Looks like they're having another bed race on saturday they also have fireworks at 10 p.m they have uh, the parades at two and they'll have uh, fire trucks from all over western pennsylvania and uh, keep a sharp lookout for some military vehicles maybe carrying ufos driving through that area lots of aliens uh and of course a uh, sunday is the big day it's, it's a little that's actually quieter on sunday then Friday night is just insane with how many people are going through that. I, I've never seen a crowd that big at a UFO festival. But again, it's their home days and the UFO festival kind of all combined into one. And uh, Sunday is when the UFO conference happens in the afternoon. Uh, they got a hail bay toss. Dude, that looks like fun. A UFO hot dog eating competition. I've always wanted to, to do that. But I'm usually full from the night before eating like five cheeseburgers. So I can't really take any more of that. I don't know who's speaking this year, uh, but guaranteed that Stan Gordon will be in attendance. And uh, you don't want to miss him. And gosh, it's been five years. I was uh, the keynote speaker there five years ago when my UFO book came out. My oh my, how they forget you. Uh, great time. I've, I'll, I go there just to hang out. Uh, I've had a table there a few a few years, uh, but I've gone out there just to hang out, and it's it's a lot of fun to uh, hang out with people and meet everybody out there at Kecksburg. It's a mecca. You you'll see people from all over that the state go out there. I've met people uh, from some of the upper echelons of MUFON out there before. I've I've seen uh, researchers from Ohio, Michigan. Uh, Virginia, even one from Florida once that was just in the area to check out the festival. So it's 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 a journey. It's a destination in and of itself to hang out at the Kecksburg UFO Festival. And it's back on after a couple of years of being off uh, this weekend, July 22nd through the 24th. Bring your cornhole game and uh, be prepared to eat a lot of food. And of course, you can check out all the conferences and conventions at paranewsinsider.com and click on the events tab at the top. It's not a complete list. I've done the best I can. I was a little hesitant this year because of uh, there's still a lot of places canceling stuff. I don't know why. 
but I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm shell-shocked from the, uh, the COVID cancellations. And yes, uh, gosh, I'll tell you, the Roswell UFO Festival is on my list. I definitely want to hit that one year. Uh, that's that one's like the whole city is like it's like the whole state is there. That's probably the the closest you'll get to the Kecksburg UFO Festival here on the East Coast. But uh, that's that's an event. That city looks forward to that every right after it's done. They're already planning the next year, so that that's a huge one there. But of course, it's Roswell. It should be big. And uh, don't have a link to Stan's book on the site yet, but I will on the books page and I can actually shoot one here in chat. Uh, I never get the links to work anymore. That's why I don't do them. Good thing Deed is not here. She'd yell at me for that, but uh, we'll try here. See what happens here. Eh, didn't work. I don't know. Well, you can copy and paste that uh, on Amazon. Again, cryptids, creepy cryptids and strange UFO encounters of Pennsylvania there on Amazon. Anyway, lots of news tonight. We've got a new world order coming soon. Thank you for the link in there. I don't know what I did. Um, yeah, new world order heading your way, taking over. Uh, we've got some strange videos, which will launch with that, I suppose. We'll jump into that. Why not? Let's just go for the gusto. Go for the big story. I don't know if it's the biggest story of the week. But uh, maybe encrypted news. Uh, it's one of two big viral videos that rolled out this week across the paranormal. And this one's probably the most popular. I've seen it everywhere. Uh, it's on pretty much every... Well, I haven't seen it on all the paranormal news sites, which is weird. Uh, but I've seen it on tons of uh, social media pages, a couple places on YouTube. It's uh, probably two or three dozen articles written about it. Already, mostly uh, copied and pasted. That's what we do nowadays. Uh, yeah, it's probably the not only most popular, but probably the weirdest. Uh, but I, it's not very convincing. Uh, I'll just kind of ruin it right there for you. But um, some people think it's a cryptid. Some people think it's a ghost. And, of course, some people think it's an alien. So uh, no agreeing on what this thing is. But the video was posted by Paranormal paranormality magazine on twitter it's probably not the uh, source of it uh, but that's where it became huge uh, which uh, led to it being picked up uh, multiple news agencies as well as continuously spread again throughout the internet via social media uh, in this video uh, we see a strange white bipedal thing i guess you'd call it a person kind of bent over walking slowly in a driveway and uh, do have a picture to share and kind of there's a little a few weird things that happens with this video one uh, which is not usually a good thing is that it uh, starts with this creature already in the center of the frame so you have no context in how it uh, got there it's just there which is weird um, and it doesn't it just shows you this thing hopping around. Doesn't really show uh, where it exits, where it leaves. It just starts and uh, finishes. Thirty-three seconds long, and that's it. 
that's there's not much to it. Uh, we do know that the video was uh, posted on July 9th and was purportedly taken in Moorhead, Kentucky, which uh, was spelled wrong in the tweet. It's more as an M-O-R-E. And Kentucky, I tell you, Kentucky is a weird place, not just because of, well, it's just a weird place. I mean, it is. Uh, but they've got Sheep Squatch. They've got the uh, Hopkinsville Goblins. And let's not forget the Pope Lick Monster, which is part man, part goat, and of course, part sheep. It's three parts. Uh, it kind of sort of looks like this thing. Uh, some of the images I've seen of the Pope Lick Monster, but I, I don't think that's what we're looking at here. Uh, the big thing that threw people off, if you have uh, saw the video, uh, which, I mean, it's everywhere, like I said, uh, threw a lot of people off that this footage was actually filmed on a screen. So there was a screen, a video monitor, and somebody was holding a phone to it. That's why you see a little bit of white light uh, there on the left. And if you watch the video, you can see kind of left center uh, a person hovering with a phone. So they're filming a screen shot of the – well, not a shot, but of the of the video. And it kind of threw people off. They're saying that, oh, this looks like a, a camera is moving. Well, it's the – it's the phone that's moving in front of the screen. So it's not uh, clean. It's not clear. It's not crisp. And I, it, uh, it did throw a lot of people. A lot of people were like, oh, it's fake because it's this. Well, some, some of these uh, closed circuit cameras, uh, you only have access to view. There's no way to get the file to the Internet. But that's, they're few and far in between. So I was kind of th – it threw up a red flag. Let's just start there. Um, yeah, it's really grainy and really blurry. And according to Paranormality Magazine, uh, they do not have uh, access to the original, which is what you want. Uh, see that in chat as well. Thanks, George. Yes, you want to see the original. I want to see the untouched Unrefilmed, uh, whatever you want to call it, copy because you're going to see better detail. And I can zoom and crop without zooming on a screen. Um, I don't think it's the CGI. I think it's just somebody in a costume, which is uh, what a lot of people are saying. And it's weird because I guess Paranormality Magazine is uh, full of people who are very critical of the paranormal, which is good. You've got to be. And I highly appreciate that. There's, I mean, gosh, if you listen to the show, I'm a little critical sometimes, I would think. You got to be, though. That's the problem with the paranormal. It's, uh, it's very easy to believe. It's so simple to just go along with things as you see it and, uh, you know, accept everything as uh, the unknown. Uh, but it's very hard to be critical but not dismissive. Uh, so it's, it's easy to go on the other angle, too, and just dismiss everything as – well, that's fake. It's pseudoscience. It's not real. That's easy to do as well. Uh, but the hard thing is is to be where I'm at, and that's in the center. It's kind of riding the rails, being skeptical, uh, but not completely dismissive. It's, it's actually pretty hard to do that. Um, let's see. Uh, plenty of links to this video. There, It's all over the place. Let me see. Again, I probably won't get this link to work, but we're going to try. And uh, yeah, it's everywhere. 
on the internet. But uh, let's see if this link will work. This is a good link to the story. Of course, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, but that link there will take you to a story where you can watch. It's only 33 seconds. It's not a whole lot. But the... Uh, yeah, the video is just, it's just weird because it's only showing you this this creature's in the middle and he only moves a, a few feet towards this vehicle. And then that's it. We have no context. We have no idea who filmed it, what what the story is behind it. Um, if it's a hoax, if it's a uh, somebody's messing around, we don't know. And that's usually um, usually doesn't bode well for a uh, a video like this and why do we not have the original well unfortunately i think it was shot this way intentionally to mask the details uh, a lot of people commenting on the video again it seems like they're pretty critical of the the paranormal at least of this uh, video more people were saying this is uh, a prank more than a hoax uh, maybe somebody dressed up and did this in front of that camera just to mess with somebody and they're confused they're not sure what it was so that's why they released it but it could be a hoax where it was uh, intentional on on everyone's part that was uh dealing with this that uh, was intentional uh, but yeah a lot of people feel and i feel it looks like somebody wearing one of those uh, body suits and of course if you're uh not seeing the original uh, it's a lot more grainy. It's blurry. Uh, it doesn't look. Uh, you can see much detail. And if you see the original, I'm sure you can tell. You can probably see, see what kind of shoes they're wearing. It's not that great of a camera. Uh, anyway, I know a lot of people were asking if it was uh, infrared. But I don't think so. It's, it just looks like a regular uh, outdoor camera. Uh, it looks pretty high up. It's kind of at a weird angle anyway. Uh, but it's just not in color in nighttime. So it's probably a, a lower-end camera. But uh, will we find out anything? I don't know. It's still early in the story. It's, um, yeah, it was posted July 9th, but it, it's just finally starting to get rolling as a story the last few days. So uh, we'll see if more comes out. No pun intended. Uh, but uh, I doubt we will. I doubt we will. And we'll see uh, if it continues to, to be as popular. I'm pretty amazed that it's as popular as it is. It seems like it's pretty cut and dry here. Nothing strange going on there, but you don't know. And uh, follow up to a couple of stories we talked about last week. Uh, we talked about some alligators on the loose in the northern part of the United States. And once again this week, another alligator has been found. In Wisconsin, so we had last week, we had a very small alligator discovered in Wisconsin, less right around two feet, and not really anything that's going to do any harm, uh, but still potentially dangerous. It'll still break the skin. It could still, uh, you know, do harm to small children and to uh, smaller pets, and they get big fast, um, both small pets and alligators. Um, last week. Uh, a small group of children encountered a small alligator and let adults knew that it was running around uh, again. So one was found in a pond and now one was just hanging around 
running around the streets in Wisconsin. Uh, David Prill, who was watching this particular alligator for a friend, says he had the alligator in a small kiddie pool in his backyard. And by the time he realized it was gone, police had already arrived and taken possession of it. Uh, Prill stated, quote, it's not going to attack you. It's not going to attack your dog or cat. I completely understand why there'd be some excitement. And that's why I don't tell anyone, because then they freak out. But it's harmless, unquote. Uh, police stated there's nothing illegal about keeping an alligator, so they returned it to Prill. Uh, his attitude toward the alligator probably reflects the owner uh, that it's completely harmless. He didn't say who owned the alligator, but he was kind of babysitting it. Uh, small alligators rely on their parents for food. And, of course, if you're handing out uh, food to these smaller alligators, they're pretty compliant um, for quite a while, a couple of years. Uh, but once they start growing, uh, they'll test the waters and attacking uh, anything that gets near. Uh, you can't you can't uh, give them handouts enough to uh, supersede their natural instincts to hunt. These are creatures that... Um, you're not going to domesticate an alligator. It's just not possible. Uh, they'll attack if uh, threatened, and they'll they'll attack uh, to test. And uh, it's just again, it's their natural instinct. You get an animal near their enclosure, a uh, bird lands close to that kiddie pool in a, in a a few months or a year or so, and it's going to go after it. It's just what they do. Well, you can't hold back mother nature system especially with a, an ancient creature like an alligator of these things you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna pet the uh natural instincts out of it you're not gonna train it it's not possible you can't trust me a lot of people try and that's why we end up with alligators in uh, yards backyards uh these uh pools and uh, lakes and stuff all over the east, even out west and the Midwest, all over the place. People just dumping these alligators because they can't take care of them because they get too big. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, and I've read it a number of times, the people commenting, well, you know, it's not really that harmful. Well, yeah, until it gets to be three feet or longer, um, then it will go after a, a pet it will go after a small child and when they hit four feet uh they become fatal that's when they can kill a small child uh, when they hit about five feet that's when they can do uh, a lot of damage to an adult if not kill them and six feet forget it you're not going to control that thing um it's going to control you and it's going to eat way more food than what you can feed it and um a lot of people abandon their alligators between two and three feet long because of the expense and because they become unpredictable and they just realize, man, I just can't handle this thing. I thought it was going to stay cute and cuddly forever, but now it's all grown up and uh, bit my hand and uh, I need stitches and I'm just going to dump it because I don't know what else to do. Well, don't do that. Reach out, call somebody. Uh, unfortunately in Wisconsin, it's uh, one of a handful of states. They do have some laws which has, have been enacted recently, um, but they have little to no laws about the ownership of exotic animals. It's uh, There's some cities, not the one where this alligator is, 
that do have some strict measures, uh, but there's no law surrounding the ownership of a non-native alligator uh, or even a lion for that matter. And uh, read a few stories about Wisconsin that say it's actually very hard to obtain a pit bull, but you can readily just bring a lion or tiger and throw it in your backyard like nothing. You don't even have to tell anybody, which is weird, but you have to go through a lot of paperwork to own a dog and register and, and license and have proof of uh, all the shots and stuff. But a lion or tiger, you can just throw it in your backyard and call it a day. And uh, alligators aren't as dangerous uh, as people think because we know they're there. We know to stay back. We uh, There's a lot of precautions about alligators. There's entire companies that uh, deal with capturing and relocating alligators constantly uh, all over the coastal United States. And so far uh, this year, two people in Florida and one in Myrtle Beach South Carolina have been killed by alligators. I think there's only been 40 people, around 40 people in the last 50 years. So it's eh, still high, but it's not uh, as well. That's what we know, I guess. I'm sure people disappear all the time from these things. They're they're very fast. Uh, you're not going to outrun one. Uh, you're not going to out zigzag an alligator. That's an old wives tale. Never zigzag. That's not a good strategy because you're going to zig. You're going to zag. Uh, he's going to keep running in a straight line, and you're going to lose a leg. Um, but usually not going to – you'll figure it out real quick. Alligators don't really jump out of the water and run after you for long periods of time. They're either going to jump out and grab you, or they're going to lurch and give up pretty much right away. So you're pretty much not going to be on a foot chase uh, away from an alligator uh, for too long. Usually they'll only lurch if they're pretty sure they're going to grab a hold of you and drag you into the water. Uh, if they're on the land and you're getting too close, they'll probably do a dry charge at you. You know, open their mouth and take a couple steps. And if they want to get you, they'll get you. You're not going to outrun it. Uh, they're very fast on land for very short distances. But, man, don't even don't mess with them. They, they'll kill you. They're killing machines. They're, they're designed to kill. Uh, grab a hold and not let go, uh, twist and pull and tear. And unfortunately, we have these very long, thin appendages hanging off of our upper and lower bodies uh, that are very, uh, it's like little drumsticks to alligators. So, yeah, don't get close. Uh, dozens of pets. So, yeah, only 40 people, but dozens of pets. I couldn't tell you how many stories I've read this year about dogs uh, killed by alligators. Um, but uh, dogs, pets, people injured almost on a weekly basis in states where alligators are already known to exist. Uh, but just think about that. If you're in Wisconsin, you would not expect to come across an alligator, but you never know where they're at. Uh, speaking of alligator stories, an update to a story last week involving two purported alligator sightings in south central Michigan. The sightings prompted the White House Nature Center in Albion, Michigan, to temporarily close due to the proximity of the sightings in the Kalamazoo River. Uh, Albion College has now announced that after 10 days, the search is over for the alligator, as there have been no more sightings um, reported, uh, no, uh, no evidence that the alligator is actually in the area at all. 
And this was a big one reported. A four to five foot long alligator had been reported. Uh, again, two individual sightings. And they did find some mud near the banks that looked like an alligator might have been out of the water. Uh, but it turned out to be deer tracks. Uh, but who knows? Maybe it was a deer that uh, got too close and uh, is gone into the water. But uh, I'm sure you'd see some telltale signs of struggle, uh, tough fur left over. Usually, they're not going to go too far with a large kill like that if it was an alligator. But, um, yeah, canceled. We'll see uh, if anybody sees it. Of course, it's still warm up there, so uh, alligator going to be on the move, moving around, hanging out. I'm sure somebody would see it uh, out sunning itself if uh, conditions were right. And we're going to move on to UFO news, where the big news is this week. Now, I don't hold a whole lot of stock in the news that comes from the sun online. Of course, uh, everybody... Everybody is uh, selling their stories to the sun. Uh, we got a little bit more info about that later on in the show. But, yeah, everybody's making a little bit of money from selling their story. You're not going to make a whole lot of money. Uh, but 20 30 bucks goes a long way when you're selling stories. Um, but I don't hold a whole lot of stock from the sun. Um, but this story might have some kernel of truth to it. And... Mike Barra, who is an aerospace engineer, who has purportedly worked on many classified military projects, is also a New York Times best-selling author. Uh, also appears on a television show. I don't know if you've heard of this, uh, Ancient Aliens. Uh, you might have heard of that. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. It's okay, but uh, full of a lot of misinformation and opinion, speculation. Uh, he says that uh, of the released military videos showing UAPs that we've seen through the years, uh, there is, quote, nothing exceptional about them. That's pretty dismissive. Uh, he first states that the Tic Tac video does not show a craft shooting off at incredible speeds. As described, he says, quote, there's a little instrument indication there on the display that the uh, that's the zoom factor. And what happens, it says it's zooming from one, which is the normal focal length of the lens, to zoom factor two. So that happens, uh, when that happens, is they zoom it up and it zooms up past the object and it disappears off the side of the screen. This object doesn't move at all. And that's very obvious to anyone who knows what they're looking at. But they are passing it off as, oh, the object shoots off the screen and then they cut off immediately, unquote. So basically what he's saying is that uh, settings on the camera are changed. And it uh, basically forced perspective. It makes you think that the object is moving when it's really just the camera creating that effect. Uh, there's a lot of UFO videos. One of my favorite is the, uh, off the top of my head, just thinking, uh, shot in a uh, moving vehicle. And the vehicle is actually stopped at a light. Uh, there's the original video is uncropped, so you can actually see the light turn green. There's another cropped video that just shows what appears to be a UFO hovering in the sky. Then all of a sudden, it just takes off at incredible speed. But what happened is the um, 
person zoomed or pulled the camera back, so it made the UFO look like it was zooming away when, in fact, it was the camera creating that effect by pulling back. And uh, it was really just a crack in the windshield. So it was just all around just an, an illusion of movement. But uh, this is a little bit bigger of an event of that. Uh, he also says the go fast video is, quote, probably a countermeasure of some kind, probably being towed by another aircraft. It's not really going that fast. Everything was below 25,000 feet. Everything is traveling at subsonic speeds. Everything is traveling in a straight line, unquote. Uh, he also described the gimbal video uh, as just a drone combat aircraft. And he then goes on to say, quote, Immediately watching that, I'm detecting an air of deception about these videos. They've been sanctioned in essence by the Pentagon, which means the military wants you to think these might be alien spacecraft. My question is, why would they want that? They, and by they, I mean somebody in the military intelligence community, wants to start pushing the narrative that aliens are out there and they might be hostile. And that indicates to me that they're covering up for something else that might be going on. Why are they doing this? And the answer I keep coming back to is they're preparing for something new, unquote. Uh, this is where that kernel of truth I talked about, uh, which is, you know, everything you said so far, uh, I, I agree with. I think... Um, these videos have logical explanations of what we do as humans. We tend to group things together. And when we group a whole bunch of sightings together that we think are, you know, explaining what a UFO is and that uh, these are legitimate sightings, well, when you have a bunch, that makes it truthful. Uh, although uh, when you start breaking these things down and you realize one by one these UFO sightings aren't what they really are, does that mean that, in fact, the UFOs aren't real? Well, we don't think that way. We think the exact opposite. So, uh, you know, you take Bigfoot sightings. Oh, there's thousands of Bigfoot sightings all over the United States. That means it's real. Well, not necessarily because, again, if you if you start tearing each one of these things apart and realizing that an overwhelming majority are fakes, frauds, hoaxes, misinterpretations, uh, just genuine lies. Does that mean that Bigfoot doesn't exist? Of course, again, we don't think that way. Uh, however, with this, uh, these UFO videos and, and uh, Mike Barra, this is where that kernel of truth turns into a burnt piece of unpopped popcorn that's stuck to the bottom of the bag. Anybody microwave popcorn anymore? I don't know. Uh, Mike says, quote, there are a lot of rumors in the UFO community. There's this rumor about Project Blue Beam, which is this idea of a fake alien invasion to be used as an excuse to basically take control of governments, freedoms and rights. I can speculate about what the agenda is, but clearly I think it is how. Can we manipulate public opinion and will they cooperate with our directives? If the government said we're being invaded by aliens and they have a good visual technology that could project all kinds of Independence Day like scenes in the skies, it might not be real. It might just be holographic projections. 
but that capability exists, unquote. That's a little out there. Just a little out there. Um, hope he had some breakfast. When asked if uh, this were a possible agenda by the sun, uh, Mike replied, quote, it would be like, oh, gosh, we're being invaded by aliens. Everybody stay at home. We'll take care of you and we'll fight the aliens. That could give people who want a globalist government, a new world order, the perfect excuse to lock everyone down and take control of the streets. Unquote. I think we're done quoting him for tonight. Uh, again, I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it again. For the hundred and first time, uh, we give the United States government way too much credit on being organized and knowledgeable about anything, let alone UFOs. I don't think they're that organized with anything. Uh, they don't know what's going on. I mean, I think it's obvious. That's why they're asking for everybody, all these agencies, to give information because they have no clue. They have no idea what's going on. Now, Project Bluebeam, I haven't heard that in a long time, and I was kind of surprised. I didn't really realize where the story was going when I first read it. Uh, but when I saw Project Bluebeam, I was like, you're kidding me. I didn't think people still thought about that. Uh, Project Bluebeam was basically a, a book. Uh, came out in 1994 that described a, yes, a new world order where NASA and the United Nations would create a new worldwide religion. And basically, to sum it up, it's uh, they would have the Antichrist as its leader. And there's kind of a step-by-step -step methodology of how they would get to that point. Uh, most of the claims of that book uh, were actually based on a previous Star Trek television series episode that had aired a, a couple years prior to the book. I think it was like three years before the book came out. So eh, it's kind of obvious where the idea came from. It was also the original concept for the first draft, for the first motion picture of the Star Trek franchise, uh, which didn't come to fruition, uh, but uh, they did turn it into a book. So... That idea was already out there about a new world order, uh, reli new religion created, and all this other all this other stuff. So, yeah, it, that's a little out there. Um, I mean, just think about it. If if the uh, you know the government wanted to create um, a new world order or lock down people, don't you think? Don't you think they would have done it a couple of years ago with this whole, oh, I don't know, COVID thing when they did have us locked down? I don't think they did, did they? Uh, so I think they missed their, their uh, I think they missed their uh, potential there. I think that could have happened um, a couple of years ago. They were in perfect position to do so, but they didn't do it. Uh, so, yeah. I think we missed the opportunity. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I see where you're going with it, but I think that kind of panicky kind of thing. I, again, I, I don't see. I don't see the government really knowing much. They they have no clue what they're doing. They have no clue how to uh, look at their own videos that they're capturing. What's the point of filming all this stuff if you don't even know how your own cameras work? Uh, but going from 
capturing UFO videos to creating a new world order. That's quite a jump. It's quite a jump, but I don't think we're quite there yet. We're still in the kind of trying to figure out what the heck is going on phase. And speaking of that, that's the big news this week in UFOs or UAPs. Uh, the, um, the government, it's so weird to say that the government is doing all this work about UFOs. We're not used to saying that. You know, it used to be the Stanton Friedmans of the world. Um trying to uh, free up information and, and begging and pleading and writing letters, uh, standing out front of the White House at picket signs. I mean, come a long way. It's the other way around now. Uh, people aren't standing outside of the White House. They're standing inside of the White House trying to get information about UFOs and UAPs nowadays. Uh, the House last Wednesday voted and passed unanimously to create a secure government system for reporting claims, as well as to compel officials, both current and former, to step forward with any knowledge or information about the UAP UFO phenomena. And this is uh, kind of amazing because this is uh, a bipartisan amendment, again, unanimously voted on. Uh, they all agree on something, which is weird. It does make you wonder. When the government does come together and they do vote on one thing together, they're not going to argue about it. Something's in the water. It doesn't doesn't seem right. Uh, so it was a, a bipartisan amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, it's geared towards freeing up potential witnesses from uh, NDA's uh, non-disclosure agreements. So uh, instead of saying, well, I can't talk about it or I can't uh, say anything about it because I signed non-disclosure agreement that I'm, you know, I can't talk about anything I'm involved with, but I just happened to see something. Now they're freed up from that. They don't have to worry about that as much. Um, so details and uh, obviously there's a lot of redacted stuff on going to be on these uh, statements, but this is a good step forward. And it's uh, interesting to see all this legislature, all, all this stuff signed into effect for UFOs and UAPs. They're spending a lot of time talking about this stuff, but it makes you wonder what is the end game? What's going on? Where are we headed? And uh, what's next? What's next with all these UFO uh, reports? What are, what are we gaining? What are we building toward? Uh, who's going to deal with all this data when it does come out? And, you know, everyone's looking forward to what NASA is going to come up with. I'm kind of curious as well. You know, they're the ones with the cameras all over the place up in space. And people have been claiming for decades about seeing UFOs around the uh, space station, about the uh, space shuttles and all these other things launched up there. But now that we're getting a lot more reports it's going to be interesting. And now all we need is an update to tell us when something is going to be put together that we can uh, kind of digest. And hopefully it's better than what came out last year. Nine whole pages of nothing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, going to free up some potential witnesses and we'll see who steps forward 
And uh, it's still going to protect some top secret military programs that are in development. Obviously, we we can't just go all willy nilly and let everybody uh, turn in reports and, and shuffle paperwork around when there's still a lot of top secret stuff going on. Uh, our drone technology, I'm sure, is well beyond what we have any idea for. Uh, this also include, I'm sure, uh, military aircraft, which are being developed and tested. And we haven't seen any real major advancements in that, which makes you wonder why. Um, you know it's being developed. You know what's out there. So uh, I'm sure eventually we're going to find out that some of this stuff was our own tech being tested. But uh, until that happens, we'll see. And... Uh, We got more UFO stuff. Uh, claims of flying saucers. Of course, we've got, uh, gosh, reports all over the place of uh, strange UFOs being seen here, being seen there. What's going on? Is there just really this influx um, of uh, strange stuff in the sky? So, a video purportedly filmed back on June 20th of this year at the Acadia National Park in Maine has recently surfaced showing two jets, uh, military jets, chasing what appears to be a white Tic Tac UFO. Now, that's interesting. That's the kind of thing that gets a high level precedence, we'd think, right? Uh, sure. Screenshot of that video which is uh, slowly making its way around. I don't know what's going on with this one, but um, Alex McCall was up in Maine with his daughter who took the video on her iPhone, uh, also with her, her family, his grandkids. Uh, Alex states that he knows the object was a UFO since he saw one back in 1996 and was exactly what he saw at the time. And he also states he was a pilot for uh, over 25 years. Now, the park is always crowded. I've been to uh, Acadia National Park and various different spots. That, I'm trying to figure out where the exactly the video was shot. Uh, I don't, don't know if it was uh, Cadillac Mountain uh, or where exactly it's at. Um uh, not a whole lot of details. It's copy and pasted. It's only been three stories that have, or three places where this has been posted, and there's not a whole lot of new information. Uh, but it's still fairly fresh. I think it actually came out yesterday. So there's not a whole lot of details yet. Uh, it's not taken uh, really a, a big hold anywhere yet. It's still kind of just floating, these three posts. So it makes me wonder, is there really anything to this? Um, but I tell you, anywhere you go in Acadia National Park, uh, every time I've been there, I carry, I have a, a kind of a low end DSL and I'm always embarrassed to pull that thing out because there is always people with these high powered cameras, big zoom lenses, uh, that are taking, I don't know how many pictures a second, uh, just crazy sick cameras everywhere. Not just people with phones. Of the professional cameras everywhere, all over that park at any given point in time. So one would think that there would be uh, 
even more photos and videos of this object, uh, much better than what we saw with this uh, iPhone. This sh very short video, it's only like five seconds where these jets go by. And you do see a, a white object out in front, but you can't tell. Again, the, the video being uploaded onto the internet, especially these websites, these news websites do a horrible job. They compress the videos. Uh, you lose details. You see a lot of pixelization. You can't really tell what you're looking at. Uh, the uh, Alex McCall states that it's not CGI. It's not been altered. But uh, you don't know. You can't tell. It could be. It could be altered. It would be very easy to alter that. Uh, we don't know this person. We've never seen an actual interview. That's only what's been said in this uh, these couple of articles, so we don't know. Uh, to me, it does look like it's it's been altered, but who knows? Could be a chase vehicle, could be a a jet. Um, and it, what's even more weird is it didn't even make the local news. Uh, search that time frame, search through, uh, even going into various newspapers in Maine, uh, nothing, nothing, not even the jets being seen. Nothing about the story uh, makes any headlines anywhere about anything. Uh, surprising considering the amount of people outside looking around, constantly taking photos. Uh, McCall claims that uh, a lot of other people were there. He says, first he says dozens, then he says, if not hundreds of people in the area uh, saw the jets. Everyone thought the white object was another jet. He says he thought the same thing until he reviewed the video. So maybe it was another jet. Doesn't doesn't quite look like it in the video, but again, you can't really see a whole lot of detail. Uh, a lot of times these jets will have chase, uh, smaller chase jets. And sometimes I've actually seen these the small white jets. Fighter jets are actually pretty big. They don't seem that big, but man, they're big. When you get up next to one, uh, Hornets, they're pretty darn big. I mean, they're not 747 or 737 big, but they're pretty big jets. And uh, some smaller jets, they do look a lot smaller next to these, especially when they're flying. Sometimes they're shooting video of these jets flying. Uh, sometimes they're just accompanying these jets for whatever reason. Um, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. It could be a chase vehicle. could also be... Something else could be CGI. Um, so yeah, he thought he's, he thought it was a jet, but then he changed his mind when he saw the video. But again, compressed for an upload, so much detail that's lost. And the, the strangest thing of all is that McCall went directly through Triangle News, who owns the copyright to the photographs uh, himself and Triangle News. So if you go through Triangle News, well, that's an agency that sells stories to newspapers, uh, primarily uh, the Sun and the Star and the Daily Express, uh, the, the trio of tabloids that uh, pump out a lot of these UFO stories that uh, end up being fake, end up being hoaxes, end up being just uh, things that generate money. So it makes me question what the motives were. Uh, can't find any information around that time or the last few days online from anybody 
with that name or any kind of UFO organization. So I don't know. It's just come out of nowhere and makes you wonder what the motive was or speculation about it. But uh, we'll find out, I'm sure. Uh, but not all UFOs go unsolved. Uh, another UFO sighting this one out west in Wyoming has been identified. Back on July 15th, concern and panic encompassed citizens who then turned to social media, of course, to further fuel fears uh, of an alien invasion due to a white speck hanging over Laramie, Wyoming. Uh, the Wyoming NASA Space Grant Consortium Facebook and Twitter accounts explained that what residents were seeing was a giant high-altitude balloon it's on a 30-day mission that began on July 9th in Arizona. Well, all sounds good. Uh, the balloon is about 450 feet long and weighs over 1,100 pounds. Uh, but the weird thing is, you know, I, we've talked about this before, some of these strange balloons that are hovering over us doing some really weird things. I don't think we want to know. Uh, but this thing is carrying cameras, tracking and navigation equipment, which is standard because they... Uh, uh, they can raise and lower the balloon to hit different uh, air currents to basically make the balloon go wherever it wants, uh, as well as a lot of research equipment. And they're not telling us what exactly they're researching up there, uh, what is going on, which I don't think you want to know because they're spying on people. It's well known. Uh, they're looking at uh, people patterns. They're looking at uh, vehicle patterns. Uh, looking at all kinds of weird stuff up there. I don't think we want to know what is exactly happening in our skies above us with these balloons, but they're becoming more and more frequent, which, uh, you know, we talk about all these UFO UAP stories, but uh, these Tic Tacs and these, uh, all these military things, but I'm, I'm telling you, the terrestrial, these balloons that are hovering over our skies, that's where the concern should be. That's where we need to be focusing our attention because they're watching us, our every move. And with that thought, sleep tight. Uh, you might not want to keep the window open for a number of reasons. It's, it's hot outside, I'm sure. It's a little muggy. Uh, but uh, yeah, keep your shades drawn. You don't know who's peeking inside from above. And with that, I'll leave you for two weeks. There will be no show next week, a planned outage for the Paranormal News Insider. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.